Well, friends, today's a good one. We are in the back house. Welcome to the Robcast. And we have with us Kristen Bell. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Happy to be here on the Robcast. <laughs> I've been the audience of one a few times. And now here I am. And in now the hot here seat. you are. What an extraordinary honor. Kristen's desk is at the very, very front of the house. My desk is the very, very back in the back house. So you made the long journey, which is just a couple <laughs> <did>. of steps. <laughs> and here you are. And uh, the, I am so excited to interview Kristen about all sorts of things. And uh, before we do, March 8th, new book, How to Be Here. So excited for you to read this book. And I am, uh, a number of you were like, enough with your events in Los Angeles, come to our town. So I'm coming to the town of a bunch of you. So um, the how to be here experience, because I was like, what would be the most fun? And the most fun to me would be to spend a whole day with lots of you. So, but then a lot of you, like, you know, you have to go to work during the week. So I figured, what if I just did Saturdays? And um, we found these just great dance halls and art galleries around the country and uh so it's an all-day event where uh, we're not doing a stage we're doing like chairs on a flat floor in the round so i can just walk around and talk to you and uh, i want to take the ideas in this book how to be here and then take them farther and see where you take them and it's just gonna oh my word are you kidding me so March 5th, Denver, I'll be at Space Gallery. March 12th, I'll be in Chicago. Uh, March 19th, Phoenix at Crescent Ballroom, which has some of the best tacos on the planet. Then Miami, April 2nd, Durham, North Carolina, April 9th. Austin, Texas at Ironwood Hall, the 16th. Then uh, you Minneapolis folks, you are unbelievably persistent. But we're coming to Minneapolis, I'll be at Mill City Nights on saturday may 14th and then may 21st i'll be in portland and you're coming with me aren't you yes because kristen bell's been all over the world but she hasn't been to portland i've always had a desire to go to portland and for some reason it's you've always whenever wanted... you've been on tour and you've gone to portland it hasn't worked out you've always to wanted to help keep it weird portland keep it weird <laughs> yep so you're gonna come with me we're going to have our anniversary. We're going to celebrate our anniversary with We're going to be keeping it people weird. in Portland all day Saturday. Um, and that'll be at Oregon Public House. And then uh, Tulsa, June 18th at Kane's Ballroom, the legendary Kane's Ballroom. And then June 25th, uh, Brooklyn, New York at the Brick House. Brick House. So uh, all that info is at robbell.com. But I'm telling you, it's going to be four, four months of joy right there. And you're going to come with me a bunch, aren't you? I am a couple times. Oh, it's so great. So, um, you know, I've wanted to interview you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kristen Bell, you, uh, I have in my hand a, bo a book from a box that came to our house uh, a couple weeks ago. This is The Zimzum of Love, A New Way of Understanding Marriage by Robin Kristen Bell. Now, as far as I understand, the hardcover of this book came out October of 2014. Right. And generally, um, 
what happens a year, year and a half after a book comes out in hardcovers, it comes out in paper book, paperback. Paperback book. Which means it's way cheaper. Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is this your first book? I think it's cheaper and lighter. And lighter. Is this your first book? Um, it is my first book. Yes. And what was it like writing this book with Rob Bell? <laughs> You know, everybody asks me that question. (laughs) (laughs) What is he like? (laughs) Um, But actually, I was very impressed uh, with... Let me stop right there. (laughs) I I was impressed with writing a book with you because you've written a number of books on your own. So I didn't know how it would work um, doing it together. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how unattached you were to your own ideas and ways of doing things. You were, the book, writing the book together actually felt like an example of what we were talking about in the book. Uh, It really was like figuring out how to create this thing together which is how we describe marriage in the book. Um, It's this thing that only exists between the two of you and you get to decide what it's going to be. It's something you get to create together. Right, right, right. That that having a partner, the two of you are creating something new in, in the universe. And so in the book we talk about how zimzum is this word, uh, it's actually a, a very mystical Hebrew word from has origins in in the Kabbalah movement. They would talk about how there's all this fascinating esoteric speculation about the nature of the universe that before there was anything, there was only the divine. So for the divine to allow things to exist that weren't the divine, the divine had to create space for something to exist other than the divine. Right. It had to contract. Had to contract. So there you go. It's, you know what I mean by the esoteric sort of abstract. But what's really interesting about this idea of Zimzum is I had stumbled into it, this idea of divine contraction, contracting in order to create space for another to thrive. And I had shared it with you because I love words. The weirder, the better. The more profound, the better. And Kristen and I had probably had a decade long, we had both had like a, oh, that sounds like marriage. Like you create space in your life for this other person while they're creating space for you and it creates this space between you. Right. And I think that when you can think about marriage in that way, it creates a great foundation. Um, something you can come back to like, Oh yeah, this is what this is. Like we each, because of our love for each other, we have created a space for you to thrive. You've created a space for me to thrive. And that's actually how it works. That's actually how love works. Um, And so this question then that was so interesting how many people found that question that we give in the very beginning, sort of how's the space between us as this way of thinking about and understanding the space and making it better. Just how is the space between us? Is there too much space? Is there not enough space? Is one of us losing our sense of self? Is one of us caught up and we're drifting apart? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, Kristen, help me understand in the... <laughs> I can't even fake interview you. I know, it's funny. Um, we talk about the generative nature of the space. How do you understand that? Well, in the book, we talk about four aspects of the space, and one of, one of them is the generative aspect. Um, and it's this idea that whatever you put into this space tends to get bigger. Yeah. So I think what we all ultimately want is to be understood and to be valued. Um, and what happens, I think, when you live with someone and life happens, um, it's very easy to feel like the other person doesn't love you as much as they used to, or um, they don't care. They're not listening. They, they don't, don't care, understand. They just all they do is care about themselves. Um, it's so easy to to have that perspective, uh, to have that narrative. Um, but then what happens is if when you come back to the reason that you got into this in the first place mm-hmm. um, is because I love you and I, I want the best for you. Um, that puts all kinds of good stuff into the space that then has this way of expanding. So we talk about how the, the smallest actions actually can have this big ripple effect. Um, and I think the root of those actions is I'm, I love you. I'm in this for you. Like I'm, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm cheering you on. And that, that I move towards you and you move towards me. I create space for you. You create space for me. And it creates this like flow of energy between you. And some things block that flow of energy and some things increase it. Uh, and so I noticed in your book, (laughs) I noticed these stick figure drawings. Right. I know the artist was amazing. (laughs) It's incredible (laughs) art. So, uh, I had, so we, we had the sense that these concepts and this idea of the Zim Zum, if we could get it down to these really simple stick figure drawings, that that would be the simplicity after complexity. Anybody can make things complex, but if you can make them simple on the other side of complexity, now you've got something. Right. So I I kept doing these stick figure drawings while we're sitting there side by side for 18 months every day writing the book. Um, and then we wanted the stick figure drawings in the book. <laughs> right. So then the publisher said, well, we'll hire a couple graphic yeah. artists to... Make proper stick figures. Right. And... Um, they kept sending us things, and um, we just thought that we're like, no. the original stick figures were the best, and we kept saying, well, can they make them a little bit like the ones that Rob did? Like, kind of worse. Could you make them worse? <laughs> Could right. you make them more Could basic? Could you make them a little more like somebody was sketching? Like somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, so it ended up that Rob's, Rob's figures were the best. It basically just took an artist to clean them up a little bit. Um, but this drawing of the two stick figures with this circle of, a- almost like a circle of arrows between them is sort of the central 
idea of the book, that the two of you create this space between you that exists nowhere else in the universe but between the two of you. Right, and it's yours to create. That when you say yes to this other person, you are entering into a lifelong journey of creating something together. You said some really interesting things recently about like the hookup about, well, are you attracted to so-and-so? Is there chemistry? Um, do you think they're hot? Um, which is a, a series of questions that doesn't have much to do with the actual thing. That's how you actually spend your lives together, which is how do I find somebody who I could create something with? Which is a completely different set of questions. Right. Um, and I, we, we mentioned this in the book briefly, but we went to that art exhibit. Um, Stefan Sagmeister is this brilliant graphic artist. He's done all these fantastic album covers, among other things. And he did this installation for LACMA, the L.A. Uh, County Contemporary Museum of Art. Um, they did this installation at Design Center called The Happiness Project, right? Or the happiness... Oh, the happiness something. Anyway. um, One of the things that stuck out to us is um, he quoted this researcher who studied people who found happiness in long-term relationships. And what he found is that the passion, the the attraction, that, that like really intense visceral sexual energy spark electricity thing right it if it doesn't have the the friendship the foundation the companionship thing with it it can only be sustained for like nine months to a year Um, but what he found is that couples who were able to transition from that passionate stage into the companion stage um, rated their relationship very high on the happiness scale Um, and that actually was the thing that helped people stick together yeah by the way uh, Kristen and I met when we were 18 we talk about this in the book we were friends for four years there was huge uh, respect we went all through college together but there was never we were friends. There was love and respect. Right. I think there were moments. We admired each other. Of like sitting down and connecting and thinking, hey. Um, hey. <laughs> there might be something here. Hey. <laughs> but it just never really happened until we both ended up. We went to college outside Chicago. Both ended up in L.A. And then. So we had this like. We knew each other's families. Our friends my group of friends and her group of friends were all friends. So we had like been on vacation together. There's a picture of us doing dishes together on vacation right, when, when we were 18. like 19, 18 yeah. or 19. Um, but it wasn't till later, like 22, that we're in Los Angeles together. And Right. I know some people talk about getting married and there being surprises. Yeah. And I know that when we got married, there were no surprises. Like I, I I mean, there were things that obviously we discovered about each other because that's what marriage is all about growth and 
discovery, but um, I knew who I was marrying. Like I, I, I tend to be somebody who really thinks things through also. That's um, true. So I didn't want any surprises. That's true. Um, and I think about in the beginning, we had this, because all the time, you especially, for some reason you get the marriage questions, not me. Um, probably should tell me something. The, the question about how you stay on the same page comes up again and again. Right. But I think about it in the very beginning, we had this sense that this was an adventure that we were going on together. That there was this thing that was bigger than both of us that was pulling us forward. There was something that transcended just, do you meet my needs or whatever? You know what I mean? There was some, not to demean that, but there was this big thing we were going for together. Right. We we talked a lot about what we both wanted, like what 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 we wanted or even, um, I don't know. Some people use the word called. We don't. Sure. Called, you, passion, path. Right. Uh, the thing humming in your heart, the mission, the But I think that was a big part of our relationship is that we had this similar desire um, to do to some- make something, to do something, mm-hmm. to take it somewhere. Um, and I, I was, th- I'm mean, not thinking about people who are, would love to find someone. Like, what does that? There's like those speed dating nights, you know, where you get a minute or whatever, five minutes. I don't know how they work with somebody. Like, what does the, what does the speed dating thing look like, where you could actually ask questions? that could get at the stuff that is marriage is actually all about or having a partner is actually all about. Do you know what I mean? Like what questions, because for you and I, from the very beginning, this thing, it had such a sense of like, I wonder what's going to be around the next corner. And I'm, what a thrill that there's this person who's up for it. Let's see where this takes us. Right. I, I do think that that was underneath our relationship from the beginning is that it was an adventure and we were creating something together. Um, there was definitely the passion and the friendship. And then I would say there was that third part of what are we doing in the world together? And I think often when people come up to me and ask me, um, how do I stay on the same page? Um, it's, it's often, I, I, I think often those people who are asking me the question are asking me because they're, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Like maybe one person is, is questioning, um, growing, expanding, right. Exploring. They've had an experience that doesn't fit in, the box that they were given or um, maybe they were taught that this is what faith looks like um, and they had an experience that doesn't fit in the box and now they're they're restless, they're questioning and maybe their spouse isn't. And then sometimes I feel like the person asking me the question is scared because their spouse 
is um, restless, asking questions, seems to be leaving this thing that maybe they both uh, grew up yeah. in. And, and it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's like, um, what is happening to them and what does that mean for us? And what, I mean, there's just so many things in, in growth and transformation um, that when you're in a marriage and you're not going through it together, it's very scary. And I mean, just the nature of two people with two very different personalities means they're, you're going to handle stress and change and uh, adventure very differently. So I think there are times that you have to just give each other a lot of grace. And um, there definitely are things I think that we did that helped us stay on the same page. But I think I would also tell people like marriage is full of all sorts of seasons and sometimes you just need to give the other person enough space and grace and you have to trust that that you're in this together. But as I say that, then there are also things that you can do to help that person feel like you're in this together. Yeah. Um, and we always talk about we read a lot of books like we were we were curious and whenever one of us was moved by something we would share it with the other person right like we were passing books and ideas and music and so a lot of shared experiences whether they were reading a book that was transformational or cage diving with great whites in south africa <laughs> we talk about that in the book right. but whether it's the, whether it's the adventure. like way out there or whether it's just daily you constantly have this converse it's like you have this conversation going that gets interrupted by life but it's this and never ending conversation i'm stuck with how many people you've said we'll have a question for you and then you'll say well when you talk about it what did the, what does your partner say and they're like oh we, we don't talk about that it's like what yeah, I You guys aren't talking about that. You're right. Whoa. I always have the assumption that couples can talk about anything. Yeah. Because I think that's something that we've had from the very beginning is there are no topics that are off limits. And for me that's that's the only way it works. Because I I have this curse Yes. Authenticity. There we go. I was <laughs> waiting for it to come up. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Bell has this thing called the curse of authenticity. Yes. She can't BS. She can't pretend. She can't play games. Which she... is a huge gift, but it also <laughs> can get me into trouble sometimes. So she just like says it. The woman is incapable of repressing or stuffing it or just like pretending like everything is fine if it's not. Right. Which... I refer to you as the woman just now, by the way. Yeah. So, so back to like, that's just the way that I operate in the world. And I think it's been very helpful for us because we tend to talk about everything in the moment. Um, even if it's 
a frustration because we've learned that if expressed in the right way, you get over it. Like when you got angry with me on Saturday. Yeah. When we were driving. Yeah. And I'd made that when I that know, it's when that road disappeared so that I couldn't turn onto uh-huh. it so that I missed that turn. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen likes that maps app where that voice tells you when to turn. And I don't like anybody as being the boss of me. <laughs> right. I sound like a three year old. <laughs> Which <laughs> is t- why I was frustrated because he w- he like <laughs> he'll use it to have it tell him where he's going but then he'll get in a situation like a freeway change or something and he'll quickly pass it to me and say where should i go and i'm thinking that might have happened that's why you listen to the lady you click that button so the, the lady keeps saying to you telling you turn right in where to go 800 feet 800 feet means nothing I'm not to me by the way i'm not be your lady <laughs> 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 and it came down to me not liking her voice, to which I learned that you could actually just change it and have like a British voice, which I would enjoy. That would be helpful. Right. So so you're bringing up this example because... <laughs> it's, it's a horrible example, but it's actually kind of great. Because yeah, because we I... We had it out. We right, had it we had out it in out. the front seat. Our, our um, teenage son in the back seat did not appreciate it. And Both teenage sons. We were being ridiculous. And but our daughter. What All happens, three kids were like, what in the world? I, <laughs> but we dealt with it in the moment. It lasted a total of like three minutes instead of the rest of the day. Um, yeah. Because I think what can easily happen is that you get in a situation like that, you create a narrative about the other person and then your perspective changes so that now whatever happens the rest of the day of the day you're filtering it oh yeah you're filtering it through through your perspective which just strengthens it's in the space between you your now. narrative and then it usually doesn't end until maybe there's so much distance between you and and coldness um that you finally have to deal with it because it's making you miserable. Yeah. Or there's some blow up about something else. And you realize that this whole time it started with an incident in the car and it turned into this huge thing. Right. Which goes back to the generative nature of the space. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Which goes back to the generative nature where you have something between you. It's now in the space between you. And whatever it is will get bigger. Kindness, generosity will get bigger. Love, compassion will get bigger. So will anger, bitterness, frustration, rage. It'll just, it's a flow. It's an energy flow. And it just grows and grows and grows and grows. Which I think is why we were motivated to try to communicate this concept, which came down to stick figures. Yeah. um, Is that we wanted, we wanted to help people find a way to get back to that place yeah to that place of love to that place of right why we got into this thing in the first place yeah why we said yes to each other um a long time ago and why we keep saying yes to each other but the idea of coming back to um i love you and i'm for you and i want what's best for you and you love me, and you're for me, and you want what's best for me. So how did we get to this spot of 
Yeah. Believing the story. That this person is not for me. Right. Or against me. Or. Or they're all about themselves. Or I have to protect myself because they're not going to protect me. Or they don't understand me. They don't love me. They don't value me. Whatever the story is, we're really good at creating stories and then finding evidence for those stories. So if we can get back to the foundation. Which is an arrow from me to you, creating space for you in my life and giving myself to your well-being. You creating space and giving yourself to what? to my well-being and this circle that just keeps flowing between us and building up all this love and goodwill between us. Right. So what what we do in the book is we try to talk about this space. Um, we picked four different ways to like talk about it. Dimensions or ways of understanding the space. But um, all of it in an effort to help people think about what's going on between them differently. To give you language for the thing that is happening. And one of the things that moved us to sit down every day for 18 months and work on a book was that what we observed is for many people, their understandings of marriage were static. Three steps, five techniques, seven ways to, and if you do these and follow this, then you'll have whatever, love, peace, uh, a good marriage. But that our experience of marriage was there was this space between us and it never stops shifting and changing and morphing and that it's way more of a dynamic reality and and you can set things up and your life works for a little while and then something changes your kids get older one of you goes back to work one of you has to travel however you have a health crisis you have a financial crisis and all of a sudden you're now in a new system and it requires a new way of doing a number of things and so the reason why we were really drawn to this image of the space between you is the space never stops changing. Um, right. And one of the beautiful things about marriage is that you get to go through all of it with this other person. Yeah. The highs, the lows, um, and all of it can be uh, can be ways that you are bonded together. Bonded. We talk about how the space between you is exclusive and the space between two people, the space that exists between them exists nowhere else in the universe but between the two of you. So all these experiences that you've had create the shared collective memory between the two of you. And no one else on the planet, no one else in the history of the world has, no two people have that exact shared memory that the two of you have. Right. Even this morning we were reflecting as we were... um, We went to breakfast in the neighborhood. Right. We were walking back and um, we were reflecting actually on like a really difficult experience that we had together. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I had told somebody recently the story um, and it was a story about a contractor... Um, yeah, we had hired this contractor to rebuild our kitchen and he tore it all apart and yeah, then kept sending f- us text and we gave him a big chunk of the money. Well, right. There were four, there were four installments <laughs> and we had paid three of them because he was building the cabinets off site so that, right. you know, we would have like putting our kitchen back together a week without a kitchen. By the way, this is uh first world problems. Let's be honest yeah. here. And 
he starts sending us these texts like, I'll be there Tuesday to rebuild your kitchen. And then he like wouldn't show up. And then it'd be like, okay, Friday, bring in my crew. And then he wouldn't be there Friday. And then he, and then I was like texting him and like, hey, uh, about that, you know, putting our kitchen together. Because well, we don't we have a kitchen. We started emailing and, and then, texting and calling. And then texts, and then the texts get weirder. There's no phone calls. He doesn't return emails. And then we find out a month in, weeks in, that he has cancer, brain cancer. Right. He had had cancer. It went into remission. Yeah. And it came back in his brain. Um, and then he died. I mean, it was so tragic and heartbreaking he was such a lovely man he was like yeah. just a fan, he, he just was a lovely man being. who i think got into a bad situation and what he had done is he had taken our money and he never got started on our cabinets um and so we ended up by the way once again first world problems um i think we were without we were grieving because of this man that we'd gotten to know we also are without a kitchen for like three months. Yeah, and we also lost a lot of money. Oh, yeah, we also lost a lot of money. Um, um, and we're walking home this morning, and somehow... Oh, you had just told that story to somebody who's in home design and construction. Right, and she said, I think that's the worst contractor story I've ever heard. <laughs> and we were, And we were walking around along like, yeah, that was... Well, it's interesting, after 21 years of marriage, you collect a number of those stories... And it helps you have perspective on those kinds of situations because uh, when you yeah. go through them over and over again or when you've gone through a few of them, you see, yes. you know what, you do get to the other side. Sure. And in the moment, it can seem like such a big deal, so overwhelming, so like how are we going to make it? Um, and we have a lot of those stories. And I don't mean how are we going to make it through our marriage, but... It was just a stressful time. And like, I'll admit, I can overreact um, in those situations <laughs> um, and make them much more stressful than they need to be. Um, and what I was reflecting on is that when you get through a number of those and you get through them together, you realize that those kinds of things aren't that big of a deal. Like, seasons come and seasons go and you get to the other side and it I think helps me when I'm in a situation like that to not overreact I, I love what Pete Holmes says to look at it as oh this is an interesting episode how I are, wonder how are these two going to get out of this one I wonder how this episode will end um but there's something about the lightness when you can when you can view things that are difficult with a lightness. Um, and, and I also think that's what we're, we were after with the book in talking about marriage is when there are, when you have the static view and there's four steps or there's, you know, marriage is so, some people will say marriage is so hard and you really have to work on your marriage. Um, yes, marriage is, like it, it takes an, an investment, but it can be light. It can be playful. Um, you can hold things, you can hold things a little lighter and you can go through like arguments in the car where your t teenage boys are rolling their eyes 
<laughs> and you can hold it all a little lighter. Um, there actually is a playfulness to marriage. And I think that's yep. one of the things that comes out of talking about the space between you. Um, it's a little esoteric. Zimzum's a little esoteric. It's a little like you can't quite get your your hands on it you know Mm -hmm. um there's a mystery to marriage there's a mystery to how we found each other and how we got on this path together there was a risk in saying yes absolutely like we we may have gone on different paths we may not like it was possible that we drifted apart yeah drifted apart or didn't stay on the same page um, but it went, it went this way and there's a mystery to it. And, um, there's an endless mystery to being on the journey with this other person and how we're endlessly discovering new things about each other. Um, we're discovering how we're growing and evolving and yeah. transforming and we get to we get to do it together and there's no one there's there's just no one i'd rather make a mess of things with and lose money with and get angry on the freeway with than you <laughs> that's so romantic <laughs> it's true yeah all it that is stuff. true and especially when all that it's i mean, all, actually it's all that's beautiful. one of the things i love about you the most is your lightness like how you can, you can stay so calm and cool and light and you find the joy and the humor in things. Well, I love that you're up for it, that you are like, all right, let's try this. And we keep trying things and some things work and some things don't. And that almost 22 years in it's more fun than ever isn't it it is isn't that fantastic yeah it's so uh, what a what a beautiful thing so um so this book now is available on paperback book it's available (laughs) it's available in paperback for those who are interested yeah nice new white cover nice new like clean white cover. we like that white we like clean white covers um it was so great to have you um, will you come again and we'll talk some more about ZimZum sometime? Yeah, I'd love to. It's an honor to be on the Robcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. We should think of like questions. We should think of a bunch of like ZimZum questions. I guess there's some questions in the book. But like, what would be the anti-speed dating questions? Do you know what I mean? For somebody who's like looking for a partner, we should come up with like, okay, you've just lost X amount of money on this project. Da 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 da. How what? How do you react? Like questions about how life really is. Do you right, know what I mean? Right. Your kid just threw up in your shoe. <laughs> um, you. Do you know what I mean? Like questions that are actually how life is. Right. That would be great. Like the because you're looking for the kind of person who you could create a life with who's about something way bigger than themselves. And that's a completely different set of questions than do you think I'm hot? You know what I mean? Right. Right. 
And all that's a part of it, but there's a bigger thing. Okay, that's what we got to do. <laughs> You're full of ideas, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it never stops.